Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm... Wait, am I the straight-laced psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist. No, you were going to be the relationship expert. Like, love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning. You're listening to Holding Ground. I am your host, Laura Richer, and I'm a psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I am here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Laura, and good morning to all of our listeners. And I just want to also say you are the founder of Anchor Light yes, Therapy, that too. that is correct. Yeah. And you are a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy. I am. So, yep. And we are here on Holding Ground <laughs> to talk to you every Monday morning about all things in the world of therapy and positive mental health. And today we are doing our fourth show in our Toxic Relationship series. So... So far, we've addressed toxic relationships at work and in childhood, and now, and oh, last week we talked about a toxic relationship with yourself, so mm-hmm. you can catch all of those on any place where you can listen to podcasts, as well as our website, anchorlighttherapy.com. Yes. And so today, for our final episode, we are going to dive into toxic love or romantic relationships. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of people might be excited for this one. Yeah. 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 you know, what... First of all, identifying if your relationship has toxic qualities and then Mm -hmm. also giving you some things that maybe can help you so that you can turn that around. Yes. So when we talk about toxic relationships, I suppose there's a lot of different ways to define that. How would you define a toxic relationship, Michelle, a toxic love relationship? Yeah. um, So some of the things that um, can make us feel like we're in a toxic relationship and actually are that we are in a toxic relationship. So one of the main things is it makes us feel bad. It's not comfortable. Um, we just kind of are miserable all the time, feeling drained and exhausted from it. Yes. So that's your first indicator. Does the rela- relationship feel bad to yep. you? And of course, there's always going to be issues in your relationship, no matter how good your relationship is. But I think there's kind of, it should be an 80-20 rule. You should have about 80% good, mm-hmm. 20% maybe there there's some challenges. So yeah. if those numbers are flipped, you might be in a toxic romantic relationship yeah and often I've seen um, with clients when they are in toxic relationships it's almost like 90% bad so mm-hmm. um, so some other things that can identify a toxic relationship um, you don't feel empowered anymore you feel like your power has been stripped from you um, you break up you get back together and the makeup is kind of a vicious cycle and just feeling unsafe unloved unwanted and staying there you know accepting table scraps so that's the 10% where it might be good that kind of keeps us hanging on um, when you really want and deserve uh, filet mignon. <laughs> no table scraps. Let's have some steak, right? That's yeah. the 80-20 part. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if you're wanting a really great relationship and yet you're finding that you're settling for less than what you really want, you might mm-hmm. be creating a toxic dynamic with, with the person that you're with. Right. So- when we work with clients who are trying to decide whether they're in the right relationship, there's a couple things I ask them mm. to look at. Mm. And this could be in a couple in couple therapy or it could be an in individual therapy. Um, yeah. But I, I la- ask them to think about what are their requirements for a relationship? What did they expect out of a romantic relationship? And and then take a look at the relationship that they're in and see if it's meeting those standards. And yeah. so oftentimes when it's not a healthy relationship, it isn't. You know, and some of those things could be a partner that wants to have the same things in life that I want to have, like get Mm. married or have kids or um, a certain relationship dynamic, whether they desire a monogamous relationship or a polyamorous relationship. You know, some of those things are big deal breakers Mm -hmm. that if they don't line up, it's not going to be a healthy relationship just because you fundamentally are different. You don't want the same things. Yeah. So there's no judgment on that. It's not good or bad. It's just we want to find people who want to have the same type of life that we want. Yeah. 
And a lot of times in toxic relationships, the person um, that is, well, you can say the victim or the survivor of the relationship, like you said, Laura, settling for less, choosing someone that doesn't meet those minimum requirements. And it's sometimes out of fear, right? Um, But they decide to kind of just go with that and think, you know, there might not be anybody else for me. And that's a big one, right? People stay in toxic relationships because they think, if I break up with this person, who else is going to love me? Who else is going to accept me? So, yes, mm-hmm. that is one of the fears yep. that causes people to stay in the wrong relationship for too long. Is that the, the fear that there won't be anything else for them or there won't be anything better. I also think on the topic of looking for people that you're compatible with, sometimes, you know, there isn't even a, a victim, 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 victimizer dynamic in the relationship. But more, we just don't want the same things. And yeah. so we... For one of us to be happy, the other one has to be completely sacrificing. And I yes. I see this a lot with clients who maybe one person wants to get married and the other one, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, doesn't believe in marriage, had a, mm-hmm. you know, went through their parents' terrible divorce and doesn't want to invite that into their lives for whatever yeah. reason. And so ultimately, these people are just not a match and they start to fight with each other and yeah. they start to, where it might have been once that 80-20 positive ratio, now it's flipped to the other side. And yeah. again, that just comes down to compatibility. Yeah, I actually had a client once. She was with her partner for four years, and she knew all along that this person didn't want to get married, um, didn't want to have children, but she stayed thinking, okay, he will finally do this. He will change his mind, right? And that's, Yes, that yeah. is so common. Mm-hmm. If you are with somebody who tells you that they don't want to get married, just believe that they don't. They're not. Right. They're most likely not going to be changing their minds. Right, right. So, yes, she ended up um, leaving this relationship after four years because she kind of realized, yeah, he's not going to change his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it can be flipped too. So, um, you know, a woman can say, I don't want to have kids. I, I don't want to, you know, just bring somebody into the world or do that to my body. And um, men can also do the same thing. Like, oh, she'll change her mind. I, I want to carry on my name. I want to have somebody with my DNA, right? So um, again, that can go both ways. and Yeah. yeah. And it's not right or wrong. It's just you want to find somebody who is going to to match up with what you want. And these are things that typically don't change. So a lot of times when people Mm -hmm. are in toxic relationships, they're trying to change things about each other that it's just, yeah, it's just not going to. These are big fundamental things that that we don't change um and when you're trying to change another person you're exhausted yeah and so are they probably yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe them a little bit more but you're kind of stuck in this right so it is exhausting because you're fighting for what you want they're fighting for what they want and it just creates a dynamic that ultimately is probably not going to work right and you end up feeling rejected that's another thing i see a lot when people who come together who are not compatible is they feel that if the person that they're with loved them, they would be on the same page as them. Mm-hmm. And that is not really true. Right. We're yeah. on the same team, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So we can work towards being on the same team, but not when we have big deal breaker issues at play. And this is something that so, – so when you find yourself in a difficult relationship, the first thing we want to look at is am I compatible with right. this person? Am I fighting right. against things that, that – right can't be changed. Did I just enter this relationship because this person, you know, this person is a person that finally wants to be with me and that's exciting. And so they latch on in that way, regardless if they're compatible in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. So what's some examples for you, Michelle? You you had mentioned a client you had seen before. Do you see this play out in other in couples therapy quite often yeah I actually worked with a client a little bit ago and um she she was actually an individual client but this does come up in couples therapy too um she was in a relationship with somebody um that um you know she had that idea of I I don't stay with him no one else will want me and she had this strong sense of financial security so this person made a lot of money she never really had a lot of money so even though he was you know essentially a really poor you know poor in personality, right, not in bank account, she stuck with him a lot longer than she should have because she thought, okay, I'll finally get the house I want. Um, And they would fight all the time. It was very exhausting for her. But again, she stayed. She, you know, was constantly fighting fires. And ultimately, she ended up leaving because he um, took money out of their account. They were saving money together for a home. He took that money and invested it into an account where he couldn't touch it for another 
like 50 years. So she's just like, he is not on the same page with me. Um, he's making all these de decisions without me that are actually very disruptive to uh, their relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, she finally realized I'm tired of feeling this bad about myself. I'm tired of things, you know, just kind of deteriorating and him treating her like she was always on eggshells. You know, is this the day that he's going to be really mean and emotionally abusive? Or is today the day I'm going to get affection? So again, that ratio, right? And mm -hmm. there's that little piece that kind of keeps people hanging on. But she did finally get to a place where she realized that she deserved more. Her self-esteem kind of started building up. And she did ultimately leave him. Well, and so there's two things at play in that situation. One, it sounds like they were not compatible right. just in whether they were communicating about it or not. If her goal was to move forward in the relationship and buy a house and he's investing yeah. money that can't be touched, obviously mm -hmm. buying a house was not his goal as well. Right. Um, so there's that piece of it. But then the next piece... So sometimes we have incompatibility. Sometimes there are some just really toxic, unhealthy behaviors in yeah. a relationship. And yep. sometimes they can be changed. And sometimes if you're dealing with emotional abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, those are things that you don't really want to try to change. You need to identify that mm -hmm. that is the wrong relationship to be in. So I have a little Dr. Phil quote for oh, us today. Okay. Yes. Dr. Phil says... The only thing worse than being in a bad relationship for one year is being in it for a year and a day. Yeah. We teach people how to treat us. Yeah. 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 So some of those things, and sometimes it's hard to to define. You know, sometimes we have a bad day and we're not our best selves and we yeah. say things that, we, that are toxic and we wish we hadn't said to our partners. And mm -hmm. that's part of being human. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to look at how office off how often this is happening and to what degree it's happening so mm -hmm. here are some things that might indicate that you are in a more of an abusive type relationship yeah and like you said Laura too sometimes it's not that bad right so sometimes it's a smaller ratio bad and a lot bigger really ratio to good and we see those couples a lot in therapy couples therapy mm -hmm. and through couples therapy they learn how to communicate better um, they can identify their partner's needs a little bit better what the partner needs from the you know the other partner um, and being able to communicate that for the first time so right. getting over those hurdles is very you know and there things you can do to remedy for yes. communication mm -hmm. so and you know snapping at your partner because yeah. you're stressed out you had a bad day um things like that getting frustrated with each other when things are you're under a lot of stress at work those are all normal things those are things right. people experience all the time so that's sure. not and those are things with better communication techniques um yeah. using the Gottman method yes. we can help you out within couples therapy yeah um but what we are talking about here are things that that go way above and beyond that. Yeah. And so you're going to know that you are maybe in a more of an abusive type situation when you feel the person, they maybe they communicate with you that they don't want to be with you, that mm -hmm. they're constantly threatening the relationship or threatening yes. you. Yep. Um, obviously, verbal and emotional abuse, physical abuse. Mm -hmm. Somebody who picks fights that turns into explosive screaming matches where you feel personally attacked. Yeah. There's no resolution to no, these arguments. No. They don't respect your needs or they don't want to hear yeah. about them yeah. or they turn it around and make it about them when you are communicating something that you need. That happens a lot, right? Yeah. So I come to you with something that's bothering me, and then they mm -hmm. kind of try to um, one-up them, right? So this is something that you always do mm -hmm. and kind of redirecting it back at the person who's just simply coming to their partner with a need. Right. Yeah. So And that's that can be normal, too, with – People can become defensive when they feel like they're yes. being criticized. But if you don't feel like your needs are ever being heard, yeah. um, that you're losing yourself in the relationship, that that you don't really feel like you're acknowledged, then that that can lead to, that can indicate to you that you're in a more toxic type situation. Yes. And then anything that's like belittling, name calling, blaming yeah. for everything. Um, trying to control you know who you're spending time with um i've seen a lot of times um you know partners are you know oh you leave work at five you should be home by five thirty. where are you what's going on who are you hanging out with um so things like that where they really cut cut you off from friends and family that happens a lot really trying to isolate you mm -hmm. um so that is definitely a sign of a toxic yeah. relationship 
And those are things you're probably not going to change in somebody. If you're dealing with that, that's mm-hmm. probably not going to change. And it, you might want to consider that this is, a, you know, how much do I want to invest in this situation, knowing that these are behaviors that mm-hmm. are difficult to change. Yeah. And a lot of times people think, you know, I can fix this person, right? I'm going to stick around because, you know, they are kind of working on themselves. I can, I can help them, right? So that's something that carries people longer into a relationship that they should be. Yeah. And especially in newer relationships, if you're signing up to be in a situation where you need to fix someone or be their therapist mm-hmm. or love them back to health or whatever you have in I mind. Like that. I yeah. Like, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> this is probably not a good avenue for it. You right. know, if you want to help people in that way, you can be a therapist, you can volunteer, you can yeah. be a friend even sometimes. Yeah. But romantic relationships are for equal. So if one person is constantly trying to fix the other person, neither side enjoys that. Nobody wants to feel like they have to self-sacrifice and nobody wants to feel like they are a charity case that needs to be fixed. Yes. So if you see that dynamic playing out, that's probably not very healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that there isn't times in our relationships where one partner is down and the other per- person supports them and, and helps pick them up. I mean, yeah. that's one of the benefits of being in a relationship. Yep. But again, we want to look at that ratio. Is it 80% good and 20% challenges or is yeah. it the other way around? Yeah. Are yeah. they doing it in a way that, you know, we're partners in this, mm-hmm. right? I'm here to support you. Let's talk about this. You know, whatever you need, I'm here for you. So that's definitely different, like you said, right? It's yeah. it's these um, little pieces that can come up throughout the relationship. And if they're just working on that as a partnership, as a team, that's, that's very different. Right. Mm-hmm. So over the years, I've worked with a lot of clients who have – who kind of like this rescue to have a partner that they are rescuing that this is a dynamic and i've said this many times on this show and past shows that hollywood loves to make the story of like somebody who's been falling apart Mm, and then uh, another person enters their life and saves them and they all live happily ever after pretty woman is a great with julia roberts is a great example of that kind of a uh dynamic um where she is a prostitute and he is a wealthy man and they they find each other and they save each other and everybody lives happily ever after. Right. Well, in real life, mm-hmm. that doesn't really work. It's a yeah, nice story. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice story. It's made for Hollywood, like you said. We're yeah. just going to – this is a very charming story. She also changes in some ways, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it doesn't really happen a lot in real life. I mean, I've never ha- seen it happen ever in right. real life. But mm-hmm. there is this idea. So – so I have worked with a lot of people who get find themselves playing this role, either where they're the person who's doing the saving or they're the one, the damsel in distress or mm-hmm. yep. um, the bad boy that needs to be saved. Yeah, so yeah. when that happens, though, you, you will see both sides being so resentful of each other at the yeah. end of the relationship because yeah. that is not a mutually supportive relationship. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so this is a great quote from Caroline Miss. From uh, she was a five-time New York Times best-selling author, and she says, "You know, essentially, toxic people, right? They speak um, excuses fluently. So there's always some sort of excuse or justification mm-hmm. for poor behavior, right? And no um, accountability, right? Exactly. They're not taking responsibility for any piece of that. Like, oh, I was having a bad day, right? That is taking some responsibility. Or I've been really irritable lately. Doesn't." necessarily excuse very um, strong abuse, right? Um, But yeah, that fluent, that very um, uh, occurring very frequently, um, the excuses, right? Yeah. And so that could show up in the form of criticism. It's your fault that I act this way because Mm -hmm. you're doing something wrong. Right. Um, And so that often leaves people walking on eggshells and overanalyzing their own behavior. And they're You do see this play out quite a bit with maybe more empathetic people will attract somebody who has more of a narcissistic type personality and Mm -hmm. that they are willing to take responsibility for the other person's behavior, even though we can't be responsible for other people's behaviors. Yeah. And often narcissists are attracted to, you know, empathetic people because they see, you know, a weakness in some Mm -hmm. sort of way. This person's going to tolerate my behavior. I can somehow get in and, you know, somehow affect this person a little bit more because they are compassionate. They are empathetic. So they'll put up with more. So narcissists and and other unhealthy folks um, are drawn to people that they feel like they can manipulate or 
uh, you know, fix them in some sort of way, right? Right, because that person would be more willing to take on that role. So if I'm a really empathetic, compassionate person and somebody says, well, you know, the reason I was verbally abusive towards you is because I had a really bad childhood and Mm -hmm. and the way that you said that reminds me of my mother. Mm. An empathetic person might be more likely to say, oh, okay, well, I'll try not to do anything like that. But the truth is that we have to be accountable for our own behavior and that long term you're going to feel depleted and exhausted Mm -hmm. like you're walking on eggshells and Mm -hmm. that's just not going to work out. So um, a few more red flags. Um, Excessive criticism like Mm -hmm. we're already talking about, right? This is somehow your fault. Every time that we get in an argument, it's your fault. Um, You know, I have, you know, no accountability again. So some of these um, can be very obvious and blatant. So um, a lot of times a couple will pick on the other one for their physical appearance, their weight, their personality in some ways. Um, And there's some that are less obvious that are just as damaging. So again, you're being critiqued for everything. How do how you make eggs, um, overanalyze your behavior with other people, right? So there can be that talking about, you know, your partner behind their back, complaining. Um, So that's also maybe that partner doesn't know what's happening, but it's just another sign of how toxic that relationship could be. So, um, you know, you're always catering to your needs of your partner. So that's another red flag. And we were kind of talking about that again. Or, you know, a few minutes ago, right, that fixing, right? So you have to carry it out to my needs. You know, yours aren't important. Um, and then you're, if you don't, then you get accused of being selfish and needy. So, yeah, those are. Yes. So this is something that I like to talk about. This plays out quite a bit for people who are dating, that um, there are people who have more avoidant attachment styles in yeah, relationships, yeah. and that's usually due to some kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. But they have trouble interacting in relationships. So when they have a partner who has an emotional need, they will tell them that they're too needy. Yep, exactly. You know, and that that, and that, that is selfish a, piece or is that really selfish, harsh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But that, I think it's important to note that your needs are what they are. If you have certain needs in a relationship – it's not that there's anything wrong with that. The goal is not to have zero needs. It's right. just you might need a partner who can meet those needs. Yep. That's, yeah. the, that's the key, right? Somebody yeah. that you can address those needs with. And that's another thing that comes out of couples therapy. Again, um, people are more able to uh, vocalize those things. The partner is more receptive to that, um, kind of creating an understanding around like why that's a particular need. Um, so yeah, finding somebody who's open to listening to that, finding somebody that's willing to accommodate that. Yeah. Let's see, what are some of the feelings we might be having in a toxic relationship? And we're just, mm. you know, like we've said, there's these can come up normally and it doesn't mean your relationship's toxic. But if these if you're having these experiences on a frequent basis, you might want to take a look at it. Yeah. Um, so what so your relationship feels more like a liability than an asset. Yeah. Are you waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly? Mm-hmm. Are you waiting for someone to Make a financial mistake, engaging in an addiction, um, engaging in, in another relationship. In, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're always you're feeling unsettled that something is about to go wrong mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. You want your relationship to be something that adds to your life, not something that takes over your entire life. So, again, with that liability piece, right, it doesn't feel like it's adding anything to my life. It's draining me. Mm-hmm. It's it's taking away from my joy. Yeah. Um, and are you able to speak your mind freely or do you feel mm. like you're walking on eggshells all the time? If right. you feel like you can't effectively get your point across and you're always – backpedaling and just really trying to find the right words to say and it's mm-hmm. never can come across right then that could be an indicator yeah so another one is fights that never uh, lead to a resolution so again that other person putting you down so much or trying to one up you with um you know something that you did wrong in their um eyes so um and a lot of times what happens is after those fights it gets kind of brushed under the rug we never talk about it again um if we do bring it up again big mistake right um so that's definitely something that is also uh, an indicator of a toxic relationship yeah and I will say, um, both of us being trained in the Gottman Method mm-hmm. for couples counseling, one, the research shows that there are a lot of 
fights in relationships or dis- oh, yeah. or conflicts, I'd like to say, not fights. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conflict in relationship that doesn't get resolved. You have mm-hmm. two different people with two different mindsets and personalities and life experiences, and we just don't agree. Yeah. And that is absolutely normal. But if you are caught in the same fight over and over again and uh-huh. it's getting escalated and there's yes. no resolution and you can't just agree to get yeah. disagree, then that's that's yeah. more of what we're looking at there. What's an example of that, Laura, that you've seen? Conflict that is consistent, right? Like you're saying in the Gottman method, you know, there's a high percentage of um, fights or conflicts that will never be resolved. Right. That doesn't mean we have to fight about them. Um, you know, we need to kind of accept some of that. So what what is an example of that that you may have seen? So um, things I think in parenting that comes up quite oh, a bit. That yeah. Maybe my, my partner is a more lenient parent and I'm a more strict parent and you know, maybe there's different ways where we think about how what we should do with the kids. And we're going to have to find some middle ground or just agree mm-hmm. to disagree on a few topics because yep. we're two different people. That's one. Yeah. Um, how to deal with finances can be another one. And again, this is all kind of a spectrum. I mean, if your parenting's your thoughts on parenting are so completely different that you can't all even live in the same yeah. house, yeah. that could be a problem. Yeah. But there could be some, you know, less intense issues that you just go, okay, well, I wouldn't handle it that way, but, you know, my partner is an equal parent here and I'm just going to have to let it go. Yeah. Um, same with, I would think, fan, how we manage our finances, things like that could come up. Mm-hmm. Again, if somebody is, you know, destructive with their finances in some sort of way and the mm-hmm. other person's a penny pincher, probably going to be a deal breaker situation. But at yeah. the same time, there's there yeah. can be ways to find common ground. Common ground. Um Dynamics with family. I mean, maybe your mother, <clears throat> your mother-in-law drives you crazy, but you just let it go and you don't want to fight that battle because that's not going to get resolved, right? That's yeah. with the mother-in-law. Yeah. But yeah, right. that can really have an impact on the relationship because you do come to your partner with, oh, I don't want to go to Thanksgiving, right? I don't want to have to put up with your mom. But ultimately, there's that compromise again. Okay, I'll do Thanksgiving, but I can't also do Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So that can be an example. I don't know what else comes to mind for you of the conflict that doesn't get resolved. That's a really good question. Um, Hmm. Parenting, finances, family dynamics. mm -hmm. But they're things that we can agree to disagree on. They're not things that are deal breaker type situations. So what we're talking about in a toxic relationship, a fight that never leads to resolution. I probably what I see the most of this is this thought that I think that you've cheated on me in the past that's oh, something that's mm-hmm. a fight that never leads to resolution right unless you come to a couple's counseling again that's something that we can work on right yeah okay this affair happened how do we repair that together um but yeah if there's always that suspicion there maybe the person got cheated on in the past right so they projected onto their new partner you're mm-hmm. gonna cheat on me you've done this who have you been with you're flirting with somebody at work right so just another example of something that may you know present a toxic relationship yep and a couple other things are that you can't, you're overly anxious about your relationship. If you're separated, you feel like something might go wrong. You're constantly checking your phone. You mm. feel panicked if you mm-hmm. can't reach that other person. Yeah. Um, that your fights make you sick with worry and anxiety. They could throw off your entire day. Maybe you get in a fight yeah. before work and you can't even think at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to, your self esteem starts to take a, a hit that That's you start to think that you're damaged one. or you feel powerless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And feeling like, I can't do anything to change this. So the next thing we're going to talk about, and this is a big topic, we throw around this word a lot lately, um, is gaslighting. I think that is something Mm -hmm. that we really should take a deep dive into. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about gaslighting. You're listening to Holding Ground. We'll be right back. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Thanks for tuning in to our brand-new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. 
Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. There's a reason they invented the Internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Holding Ground. This is Michelle Mooney, a psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective, and I am here with the founder and another psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy, Laura Richard. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Um, so real quick, um, we want to remind you where you can find us on s- social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're also on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We record all these shows for YouTube and you also can find us there. Um, any podcast platform as well. Um, and Laura, we've been doing some uh, TikTok videos, right? Oh, yeah. We're all over TikTok. <laughs> no, that's the one. We're too old for TikTok. Yeah, but maybe yeah. we might have to investigate it at some time. Yeah. We need to have a full yeah. presence, right? And we also, do you have TikTok? No. no. <laughs> My younger siblings do. Um, I, yeah. No, no, no. I, I can't really dance, so. <laughs> My uh, nephews have it. My Travis's no, oh, no, no, no. Oh, Travis's okay. nephews have it. And okay, they, I've seen some of the videos and they're hilarious. I don't know how you use them for marketing for businesses, but it's just because we we're, we're it's just because we're out of touch. But anyway, today we <laughs> but are we t- have Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> and we also want to remind you you can contact us for a twenty minute com- uh, complimentary consultation. Yeah. So you can find that online anchorlighttherapy.com slash get started. And also you can call us at 206-765-8265. Yes. We'd be happy to talk to you about what your therapy goals are and um, get you started in therapy. Yeah. So we've been talking, uh, we've been doing a toxic relationship series and we've talked about toxic relationship at work with your family, with yourself. And today we're talking about toxic romantic relationships. So if you need help with a toxic relationship, either healing it or maybe even ending it, Yeah, fill out a consultation form. Yep. All right. So we are talking about things that are toxic. And one of the big things that comes up in toxic relationships is gaslighting. Can Mm -hmm. you tell our listeners, Michelle, a little bit about gaslighting, what that means? Yeah. Again, I I think this is a relatively new term to pop culture. People are uh, mentioning it a lot more now. We're talking about what some of the symptoms, you know, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's not a new term. Um, It was very popular since the late 1800s. Um, So in the dictionary says gaslighting is manipulating somebody by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. So gaslighting is definitely a form of emotional abuse, and it's actually one of the most harmful ones there is. Yes. And so what that looks like is if you are being gaslit, you might be with someone who trivializes how you feel or tells you that you shouldn't feel what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So an example would be saying, you know, I was really hurt that – you didn't acknowledge my birthday and somebody responds saying, oh, great. Now you're going to go feel sorry for yourself again. It's always mm-hmm. about you. Right. right. So you've yeah. you've come to your partner with something that was that you want to address because you feel hurt yeah. and they minimize it. Yeah. Um, so the next one is telling people we were talking about this a little bit earlier, talking about them behind your back. And the, sometimes the partner will even say, don't you know, the whole family talks about you. They think you're losing it. Right. So they're trying to um, integrate other people into this belief that, you know, you're you're at fault. You might be losing your mind in some sort of way. Um, so that's definitely a sign of gaslighting. Yeah. So both question, causing you to question your own sense of right. reality, mm-hmm. which then the next thing is 
saying things to you that they later deny having said. Yeah, yeah. huge ones. So yeah. I didn't say I took that deposit to the bank. Um, what are you talking about? There's a lot of insufficient funds and fees that we're going to get now. So um, really just discounting actual th- things they said, discounting things that actually happened. Um, you know, no, you didn't. Um, no, that never happened. Um, and again, that's kind of that sweeping it under the rug. Um, but that can be other things, too, that they um, say that never happened. Yes. And so then here's, here's some more severe ones. If you're getting to this mm-hmm. point, you have something kind of serious going on. Mm-hmm. Hiding objects for you from you and then denying that they know anything about it, like hiding your keys from you. And then, yeah, yeah you thought you left them on the table. They're not on the table. What yeah. happened to them? Yeah. Or insisting that you were or were not at a certain place, even though it's not true. You're yep. crazy. You never went to that show with me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Uh-huh. So... All of this is causes a person to question their own sense of reality, and it can be very toxic because you start to doubt yourself and your own ability to perceive what is real. Yep. A lot of times people who use gaslighting with their partners are suffering from some sort of mental illness. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You see that a lot with yeah. Um, people who have a uh, narcissistic personality disorder. And I just want to side note on that. Wait, that's another term that gets thrown around a lot in uh, pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, just because somebody was selfish, um, that doesn't necessarily mean they're narcissistic or they check themselves out in the mirror. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean they're narcissistic at either narcissism is an actual personality disorder and it's a spectrum so you could if you took a a test on narcissistic traits some sort of assessment you could be a a normal person who maybe scores like five or ten percent right Mm -hmm. where you have some traits that fall into that category Mm -hmm. and that's really pretty normal yeah. Um, yeah. So some traits, right? They don't have the full right. blown out personality disorder. Right. If you're if you're scoring like in the 90 percentile, then then you may be more in the personality disorder range. Mm-hmm. So everyone thinks that they're well, not everyone. Many people think that their ex is a mm-hmm. narcissist and that right. may or may not be true. But mm-hmm. we all can have we can exhibit some of those traits. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something that you want to notice if you're if you have traits of extreme gaslighting in your relationship there you might be dealing with a partner who has some sort of mental health issue and that yeah. that is something that comes up quite a bit in with people who are suffering from personality disorders which is something that we're going to be addressing in the next uh, couple episodes yep. here yeah So when you are the victim of being of gaslighting you often feel confused or second guess what's important to you or to your partner. You feel like your sense of reality is off, so you're not sure how to trust yourself. You feel like you're losing your mind. Yeah, yeah. You're questioning also, yeah, maybe this is all my fault. Maybe I'm doing all these horrible things. And so maybe if I stop those, I can mitigate um, the partner from getting angry, avoiding fighting. Um, So really starting to almost believe that they're the one at fault. So they start to perceive um, character or even appearance flaws in themselves. Um, And then again, feeling like they're losing their minds, questioning their own reality. And this is a toxic behavior. There's probably not a lot you can do with this kind of a dynamic. If mm-hmm. somebody is is gaslighting you, there's bigger issues that need to be addressed, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But not all conflict is bad. And that mm-hmm. is why we are couples therapists yep. is because mm-hmm. we want to help people learn how to resolve conflict. There are things that there's tools that you can use when you're not dealing with extremely toxic behaviors that can actually change your relationship dynamic yeah. and get you into a really healthy, high-functioning, happy place. Yeah, absolutely. Divorce does not have to be the answer always, or not even divorce if the couple isn't married, right? But just separating, breaking up, that sort of thing. So, um, I mean, divorce can be common. Um, The percentage is definitely lower now because a lot of people are waiting much longer to get married, selecting their partner maybe a little bit later in life, not in their 20s, Um, you know, and also people are just not getting married as much. Um, So those statistics have definitely gone down and changed. So there's less divorce because there's actually less marriages now. Yeah. Yep. Or maybe more people are going to couples therapy, too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> They're all coming to us, and everything's resolved. So, yeah. So some so to identify the difference between toxic conflict and normal conflict in your relationship, we want to look at the things that we talked about before. Is there, you know, it's normal to have conflict. It's normal to have two people who have two different opinions about mm-hmm. things. But is the conflict draining? Does it make mm-hmm. you feel threatened or anxious? Do you feel like you're losing your mind? 
that's toxic conflict. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So when we come back, we are going to be talking about some things that you can do to have a healthy relationship, whether it's let go of toxic relationships or resolve conflict in a healthy way. And resolving the effects that this toxic relationship has had on you. So you're listening to Holding Ground. We'll be right back. Right now, Doctors Without Borders medical teams are operating in some of the most remote and dangerous corners of the world. When front yards become front lines... When disaster erupts, when disease rages, when communities collapse under crisis, at the crossroads of conflict and epidemic, where there are no hospitals, that's where we operate. We go where conditions are the worst because that's where we're needed most. In nearly 70 countries, we're saving lives threatened by violence, disease, malnutrition, and catastrophic events. Donors are vital to our mission. Your response is critical to our response in places where a few others will go. That's where we operate. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Folding Brown, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Holding Ground on KKNW. I am your host, Laura Richer, a psychotherapist and the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Laura. And we are talking about toxic love relationships and why on earth we stay in them Mm -hmm. and what we can do about it. So. One of the things we wanted to get into before we tell you what you can do about being in a toxic relationship is name some of the reasons why you might find yourself in a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And so the first one I'm going to mention I think is the most common. We fall in love with someone's potential and we totally miss out on who they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the dream of I'm getting in a relationship. These are all the things that I want in a relationship. This person's very attractive. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so we get attached to the potential. And that might not even be um, something that those that partner will ever possess, right? We just get attached to what relationship is going to be. So we stick around, right? Is this going to change? When is this potential really going to come out and shine? And unfortunately, that just doesn't usually happen. So don't you don't ever want to choose somebody's potential because mm-hmm. it may or may not happen. You want to yeah. look at who the person is right today. And mm-hmm. if that isn't at least like 90% okay with you, then you want to notice what is real about the relationship? Mm-hmm. If it was to stay this way forever, would I be happy? Yeah. 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 And if the answer is no, then there's some some more work to pay, do. Pay attention to these things, really. Like if your gut is telling you that something's wrong, something's wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the reasons why we say is there's fear. So the next one is, again, being afraid of, you know, being alone. So we settle for anyone. Um, being afraid that all the good people out there are already taken, right? So again, that I just need to be with this person because no one else is available to love me and meet my needs. So, Which for us here in the Seattle area, I believe there's 4 million people in the greater Seattle area. So if you're in a bad relationship, there probably is a chance that there's somebody else out there that might be a better fit for you. i um, those are pretty good odds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, and in, 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 in line with falling in love with somebody's potential, you want to rescue them. So if you're trying to rescue them, you're obviously believing they have a certain potential that may or may not be there. Yep. You want to help them. Here's another one that comes up sometimes, and this, this is an indicator that you have a, some work to do on yourself. You're looking for something that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. You like mm-hmm. the chase. You like... Yep. To um, you like the the idea of having to pursue someone. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that unfortunately happens more than maybe we realize. Again, like Laura said, that chase piece, right? Um, you know, and that usually indicates people are in avoiding relationships by wanting an unattainable relationship. And yep. that would be a good time to just really do your own therapy if you find yourself caught in that cycle. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, or you're seeking out something that you know and that is familiar. So. Yeah. That's okay if what you know and what is familiar is healthy. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, we're drawn to the things that are unhealthy that we're mm -hmm. familiar with. So if I had a traumatic childhood or an abusive childhood, I'm more likely to be drawn to an abusive partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's often unintentional, right? But we go with what's familiar, what feels mm -hmm. like, even if it's chaos, right? If you grew up in chaos, you know chaos. You know how to navigate that. So picking a chaotic partner, picking a chaotic relationship, at least you feel that sense of, okay, I know this. I know what to do here. Um, so that does happen a lot with mm -hmm. people who have been traumatized at some point in their lives. So I'm just going to read off a list of some other reasons that we end up staying in toxic relationships. Like you mentioned, Michelle, you're afraid there isn't anything else. You're afraid all the good ones are taken. You're codependent and you don't mm -hmm. know how to be alone or mm -hmm. you're afraid of being alone. We feel lonely. Loneliness is something that I hear clients say mm -hmm. all of the time, that they feel so lonely. They need to have someone in their life. And it's we are wired for connection as human beings and it's great to have a partner but we don't want just any warm body next to us. You yeah. want somebody that you can have a fulfilling relationship with. Uh, we don't trust our own instincts. We maybe are being gaslit in the relationship and mm -hmm. feel like maybe we're the problem. Mm -hmm. um, we make excuses for our partners. We have low self-esteem, which is probably the foundation of all toxic relationships. Yeah. Um, this is a huge one. I see this a lot. Clients believing that they don't deserve anything better. So that can come out of trauma again. So early in life, maybe your needs weren't being met. Maybe, you know, there was always a lot of yelling, being put down, right? So you learn, like, maybe I don't deserve anything better than chaos. Um, so, you know, that obviously piece of that's... what is familiar to yep. you, if chaos mm -hmm. is familiar. Mm -hmm. um, so what can we do about it? What are the answers to getting out of these toxic relationships or healing toxicity in a pretty okay, one of those 80-20 relationships? Yeah. So um, helping a client um, through talk therapy. So we're going to give a few examples. So first for talk therapy, um, we can get clear on what you truly want. We can, you know, develop, you know, I'll talk to a client. What do you really think you deserve here? Um, get clear on what's keeping you linked to the relationship. So a lot of insight pieces, right? Um, so and obviously as therapists, we can't tell you to leave a relationship. We can't tell you anything, right? Nor, yeah. Yeah. But we guide you, right? We help you with that insight. We help you. Um, you know, gain that strength to realize, oh, maybe I do deserve better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just helping you get clear on what it is that you want. And that's often in dating. People are not sure. They're just dating, for example, out of a space of loneliness and they mm -hmm. don't want to feel lonely. But that's not enough clarity on what type of partner would be a good fit for you, who you would be compatible with, who's going to be uh, be supportive of you and, and, and really have a, a life that you can share goals and meaning and and be happy together. Right. Yeah. yeah. So really identifying for yourself what you won't tolerate in a relationship mm -hmm. and what you deserve in a relationship. So that can gain a lot of clarity around, wow, yeah, you know, this is kind of the ideal partner for me. If, you know, if they start to meet things that, you know, more things that you won't tolerate than you feel like you deserve, right? That's another identifying factor. Um, and, you know, we provide tools to help you make good choices for yourselves. And, don't judge yourself, right? Um, be thankful that you're aware and on the verge of making a change when you call us for a consultation or come into talk therapy, right? Um, so you're ready to make a change. You're ready to increase your self-confidence and maybe find a partner that yeah. will actually be healthy for you. When you start to have that clarity about what is going to work for you in your life, then it's, then it's easier to make a decision about what direction you want to go next. If mm -hmm. it's all still kind of cloudy and unclear, it's hard to move forward. So individual therapy can help you identify what is most important to you. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, Patty Stanger, who is no longer, in, I don't know if this show is even on anymore, but she was the millionaire matchmaker. And she mm. says, if you're giving love and not receiving it, you're not in the right relationship. Yeah. If you're receiving it and not giving it, then you're taking advantage of the other person. Right. So I think that that's if you notice in the relationship that there is one side that mm -hmm. is doing all the giving and one side that's doing all the taking. Mm -hmm. Right. 
that's probably not the place to be. Right. And yeah. then flipping that around and identifying for yourself if you're doing that right. Oh, maybe I'm I'm the toxic person or I have toxic traits. Right. So maybe a helping a client identify that in themselves. Right. And kind of reframing it and working with them to resolve those things and again giving insight right and a lot of times people don't realize that they're doing these things right Mm -hmm. and it's not about judgment and Mm -hmm. you know if you're in a toxic relationship you also have toxic behaviors it's not one-sided it takes two to play that out and you might want to start to identify what those things are for you because you can take responsibility for that and sam owen who is a british relationship coach And the author of Relationship Remedies says, we are responsible for our own relationships, their success, their failures, the good times, the bad times. Take responsibility for creating the relationship that you desire. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And real quick, I do want to touch on um, clients and, you know, people in general that are in physically abusive relationships. It's much harder to leave those for a lot of reasons. So um, maybe you have kids and you don't want to, you know, disrupt the family. So you stay in that relationship. A lot of times it's more scary for people to actually leave that relationship because if it is very abusive, um, you know, it it can feel more dangerous to leave than to stay. So, um, you know, we're not necessarily saying it's easy to get out of these kind of toxic relationships and just um, a lot of people might have the opinion of we'll just leave right and there's a lot of reasons why they don't Um, and it's usually around their physical safety yes and there's also if you seek help there are a lot of resources and things to help so you don't have to stay stuck in a relationship Mm -hmm. but yes there are a lot of considerations around safety especially if there's a if you're in a domestic violence type situation Mm -hmm. but even then there are resources that um, can help support you in in finding your way out yeah 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 so we're going to talk about a couple more tools that we use to help someone so laura tell us a little bit about how hypnotherapy might help somebody um you know gain insight okay so hypnotherapy is a type of therapy that we offer at anchor light therapy collective and it accesses the power of the subconscious to help you make positive changes mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. and so that would be a tool that i would use with somebody who was feeling really stuck that they didn't have clarity about what direction they wanted to go hypnosis can help you get deeper insight and clarity and visualize the direction that you want to go so that is a tool that we use often with clients who are having trouble making a decision in moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And another one um, we talk about often is EMDR. So a lot of emotions can come out of leaving a relationship. Even if you're the one leaving and doing the breaking up, um, you can have a lot of uh, emotions, difficult experiences around that. So EMDR can help um, process those emotions, and it really breaks down some of the challenges and you know negative beliefs about self. That's a huge one, right? And process the trauma from that negative relationship um, that the trauma, you know, it created the trauma and how it's manifested both physically and emotionally so it that no longer has a hold on them yes and so those are both individual therapies that you can do Mm -hmm. but you can also if you're in a relationship that isn't at a dangerous level of toxicity but just needs some improvement in conflict resolution and communication skills you can do couples therapy Mm -hmm. and work through some of those things and we see couples all the time who are in really difficult positions um but and they can learn skills to move through the conflict that they're experiencing, even yeah. recovering from affairs and, and betrayals that seem like it's impossible to move through it. And they actually do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, All right. Well, again, you can reach us at anchorlighttherapy.com if you need help dealing with a toxic relationship. We have all kinds of tools and resources and you can just fill out our free uh, consultation form and we can chat with you about how we can help you. And next week, we are going to be talking a little bit more about couples therapy and trauma, so you're not going to want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Holding Ground on KKNW. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.